Hello and welcome to our special Coast to Coast show for our friends at First Racing on the In the Money Media Network. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornatal, back with you in the Brooklyn Bunker once again and joined as I have been for all of the Coast to Coast shows so far by a man who hails from the planet Texas, but is currently possibly cold in upstate New York. He is Jonathan Kinchin. JK, what's the weather like up there? Yeah, I think it's snowing. I'm, I'm, uh, I am, uh, I am in Texas. I am in the planet. Well, you Texas. are in the planet. Oh, good man. Texas. Yeah. Um, oh. but I do hear it's snowing in Saratoga. So, <laughs> so you, so you're happy to be in Texas is what you're saying. Yeah. It's nice to get down here. It's a little bit warmer. It's uh it's, it's a shocking airplane venture though. You leave Saratoga at five in the morning, you, you have to be bundled up. And then <laughs> when you land, you just can't be correctly dressed for 72. So it's, it's a, it's a sweaty, it's a sweaty ride home basically from the airport is the best way I can describe it. How long does that trip take? Saratoga famously not the easiest place to get in and out of. It's not too bad. I mean, you know, if you, it's a, you can do it in like a five and a half hour journey. Okay. Um, But that's with like, that's with like 40 minute, a 40 minute layover which is, you know, can be a little bit tough. Um, the, the flight that I find myself on the most is I leave Saratoga at 6 a.m. and then land in Charlotte at 8.25 and then leave Charlotte at 11 and land in Austin at 1. That's like the, that's the, the typical route that I take. Not too bad. You looking forward to these coast-to-coast wagers this weekend? Gave it a, uh, you, you had those singles early, so your, 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 your day was done well, it was tough last week because you wanted to single also a horse that didn't end up running that Floki's. Yeah, the, the Floki scratch. Did yeah, I mean, I, 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 no, I mean, I watched it. I, I was, I was on air that day. It was just, I, had, you know, I had a million things going on, and when that scratch happened to Floki, I didn't. I felt like I needed too many in that leg, and yeah. it just kind of got away from me. But um, look, I, I, the single that I had in that turf sprint, the six horse, I can't remember the name at the moment, but that horse broke a little bit slow and came running late. I mean, arguably for the handicapping mind, we talk about it all the time. I like to see the ball go through the hoop when I don't play or when I'm already dead. Some people don't like to see that. I like to see it. I felt like I was on the right horse. It was the right play. I just got beat in the race. Um, I feel like that horse was best in the race, though. I gave it a ride to late and then, you know, coughed it up. And that I, I really thought we could lock up that last leg on Sunday. But it's another weekend. We've got shows today and tomorrow. We'll kick it off with Santa Anita's third race on Saturday. And this is a turf sprint going five and a half. How do you want to light this candle, JK? Uh, race three, right? Just to keep it on the same race. Yep, three, race three. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to use a couple of horses in here as A's and a couple as B's. I'm going to use the two R shining light. Um, remember, this is five and a half. So some of these horses that have speed figures that fit might be going a little bit further. Our shining light back six furlongs, October 15th. Uh, showed some tactical speed after breaking a little bit slow. Breaking slow in a turf sprint, like we just talked about last weekend, it, it's it's almost like I don't want to say it's a it's a it's a lose wish. I don't want to use the D word when we're dealing with our four legged friends. It's a lose wish um, in terms of breaking slow in a turf sprint. Our shining light did break a little bit slow in that maiden fifty for Jonathan Wong. Rushed up and was tactical enough and ran an okay figure. So I'll use that one as an A and the six who's candy. Um, another tactical horse who, who was sharp enough to stay connected going five furlongs, but finished the race well enough going six, a couple of races back, got a nice figure that day. This is the horse I like the most. This is kind of my press horse, the six here. 
And then I'll use the one really big news and the four in code as B horses. Um, Bob Baffert's horses typically are trained to show speed. They're trained to, to kind of run, uh, you know, run other horses off their feet. And that's why they have so much success when, when the good ones kind of, um, kind of rise to the top. This horse never really turned out to be a great one, but now it gets kind of another opportunity to try the turf, turf sprinting. And I think maybe Encode could use some of what it learned early in its career to kind of help. So I'll use the one, the four as B's, the two and the six as A's. You covered the two I wanted to talk about. I put Who's Candy as the lone A, great course and distance record, looks potentially loose on time form U.S., closer pace maybe on some of the other stuff I was looking at, but I definitely want some who's candy. And then in code, first time on turf as a gelding, looking at pace figures should sit a great trip and we'll maybe get the perfect trip and take over if the top one falters. Six and four for me, JK adding in the two and the one to the mix as we head to Florida, where we're going to talk about this optional allowance race going six furlongs on the dirt. This is Gulfstream Park Race 9, and I'll kick off with uh, my top pick number three, Candyman Rocket. This horse might be the poster boy for what Nick and I talked about on the show earlier in the week about Lasix and the modern game. You look at the two starts on Lasix, look at all the others. Through that lens, you can almost single Candyman Rocket. I may run a backup line here through the two living water on the idea that he could be the best speed, look to improve off the claim, and there could be more coming as the form of that race is working out pretty well. What did you think of this one, Jonathan? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll call your, your your Lasix point and I'll raise you. This horse is also, those two performances have come off of a layoff, off a break. Uh, you know, January 9th to November 22nd, that second career race, that's not the longest break. Uh, but I think for the modern thoroughbred, it's yeah. it's right there on the line. Uh, of a little bit of a break. Um, but then if you look at the other one, um, February 5th, 2022, all the way back to May 9th, that's almost a, you know, nine, eight, nine months. So I, I, this horse is going to run well, fresh as well and drawn outside the main competition. I can't single the three Candyman rocket. I have to use the two living water as well. Um, seems to be, you look at that race two back had blistering fast pace figures. And then some of the earlier races in the career blistering fast, Pace figures. And I like that drawn inside going six furlongs at, at Gulfstream, just pop away from there, make the lead and let Candyman rocket sit outside of you and, and, and may the best horse win at that point. Uh, I think those are the only two that you need in this spot. All right. We stay in South Florida, but we skip a race. We go to Gulfstream 11 where we stay on the turf going eight and a half for these $16,000 claimers. And we'll keep it with you, Jonathan. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, and I'm not picking on our friends at first because I'll say the same thing about maiden 40s in, at New York. I just I hate handicapping these races. I hate I hate trying to guess which crazy horse I can't find is going to beat me. And like I said, I'm not picking on our friends at first. I, I feel the same way about 40s at Naira too. It's just it's it's just chaotic guessing, and it feels like when that random result happens, it happens in these races. And as a formful player, it's just hard for me. I, I'm going to spread in here. Just I, There's nothing to lean on. Occasionally, you'll have a dropper. You can kind of say, I'm going to lean with this dropper. But when they've just kind of all been running around this level, all kind of been trading, beating on each other, running bad races, running okay races, running on synthetic, running on turf, I don't know. I'm going to use the two, three, five, seven, ten, and 11. And all equally? 
Yeah, I, like, it's, like what, one of the things I've kind of learned is I've become a very, you know, we, we talk about it often and, uh, you know, I try to be as efficient as I possibly can. But I think that when you try to get overly efficient in a spread race, in a race where it is chaotic, I think that you're, you're saying that this race is ripe for chaos. So why not try to use the horses more equally so mm-hmm. that when chaos that you have predicted is going to happen, you're not hoping, you're just saying this is ripe for chaos, that you, you actually reap the benefits of that. Because if you get too efficient trying to protect the five to two morning line or, and you try to be too efficient with the 30 to one morning line that you're including, you kind of miss out on that, on what you're predicting is going to happen. That makes sense. It does. And we've never talked about this before. And I'm going to try to spell it out. Like, so when we talk about efficiency in a sequence like this, it would be the idea would be you'd be betting, you know, proportionally more on the shorter prices than on the longer prices. And it can get to a point where, you know, then the, the crazy 30 to one wins and you're down to like one thin line. Or you just look at how much money on your ticket you're investing in the five to two that you don't trust in the spread race and you're spending whatever, 20%, 25% of your ticket. So what JK is suggesting is level that out a little bit, keep the chaos on your side, you know, and, and you, you know, maybe you take it further even in these instances, depending on what your opinion is, and just try to, you try to beat those favorites or you pass this sequence and you find another pool in which to leverage your opinion. I mean, that's an important point to make yeah. as well. We do these shows. We love this bet. I'm supporting this bet. I'm playing. I'll tell you right now, I'm playing this bet because I want to support it. But like in terms of how much I bet relative to other things, that should really depend on your opinion, your bankroll and a host of other things. I mean, I think too often on these shows, we just default you know, to, to talking about the bigger pick, the pick five without zeroing in on the places where maybe are better opportunities to make some money. You think that's all fair? Absolutely. And I, I think that, you know, just the last kind of piggyback point on that, I think efficiency matters a lot more, a lot more in a race where you're going two or three deep and you really do like the six to five favorite, but you just can't not use the seven to one and the 12 to one that you think are live for whatever reason, I think efficiency matters a lot more in that spot. You need to have more on the six to five that you like the most. Um, and doing what I'm doing here, I think is a mistake in that other scenario. Yeah. It's very sophisticated point, but I think it's a correct point. What I will do is use the ABC method in a race like this. So my first note on the race was head scratcher. One of the more evenly races I've looked at in a while in terms of the figures I project these horses to run, but I'm going to play this for a collapse. That was my one angle in was maybe we can, we could just say, Hey, this one's going to favor horses coming from off the pace. So I'll use the ABC method. So, you know, not looking to play it efficiently per se in terms of, varying the dollar amounts, but I definitely want to unlock more combinations with the three runners I like the most. And there are three that JK mentioned in his big spread. Technical top pick, the three cadet core. I just thought this horse could get a trip a lot like two back. Plenty of pace, should save ground. And then I thought maybe the last race didn't look so good, but of course did smash the gate. Uh, that could be enough of an excuse to ignore that slightly subpar effort. The two quiet out east, I thought, had a subtly tough trip last time. Getting in an awkward spot in between horses can obviously do better with a cleaner run around. And again, the race should be run to suit. The interesting one, who maybe on price point alone, I should have made the top pick, the 10 Benelux. I thought this horse was very usable after making good ground into a loose winner 
And this horse should be a big number. It was not far on the form book off of Cadet Corps in that race two back. So I'll play the three, two, and ten as A's. And then I might reach to the, the ones that JK mentioned um, for some backup tickets as well. That's fun. When a, when a race like that, I, th- I think we were able to touch on some some salient wagering points that will hopefully help people. If folks have further questions about this stuff, hit us up on Twitter. We're happy to keep the conversation going. I'm at Looms Boldly, JK at UT Big Hair. We wrap it up with a pair of races at Santa Anita. The next one on the docket is Santa Anita 6th, where we've got a maiden claiming 50 going a mile on the turf out there. I like the 7 Devil Moon in this spot. Could be loose. First time on turf in a maiden claimer. This horse is a flow move up, I thought, coming out of the last race. Was more than two lengths clear of third in a race where the winner came back to run really big. The winner ran an 82 next out. And then the fifth place horse came back to win. So I think that's okay form. Devil Moon, very interesting. Definitely not done with uh, just one here, though. I wanted to use the five. The key is unity. Just very obvious figures in form. Horace, been so close. Might be his turn. And then number eight, Mitad del Mundo, right there on the wire um, with the second pick last time. And JK, I, th- I think this is a, a hunch play for you as a as a man who believes he's at the center of the world. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, I try not to do that. Um, <laughs> I kid, I kid. Who do you like in here? I know. I know. This is a, a, a sneaky one for me. Um, I... I I am going to use three horses as A's. I'm going to use the key as unity. Um, this kind of feels like the kind of best closer to me. A little bit discouraged. Horses have four chances at maiden claiming, but has had a couple of troubled trips the last couple of starts. But I feel like this one's kind of the best closer. The seven devil moon kind of feels like the best speed. Could get the lead here. It doesn't seem like they want to win, but sometimes they get brave on the front end. And then the eight, Metado uh, Mundo, it, it just kind of feels like possibly the best horse. Um, so I felt covered by having those three scenarios, right? Best closer, best speed, best horse. I'm going to try to get away with just those three. I'm going to hope that the value that I pick up here is fading the two Roy C who, uh, if you look, you know, ran okay last time, maiden 50 feels like kind of a suck up trip though. Um, and, and, and not a lot of horses have come back and run well out of that race. And then the four lottery pick, you get Flavian Pratt here, you know, another one who, has you know they they ran this horse in a stake as a maiden. Then the horse gets a long break. They come back and run for a tag. Like how do you go from having so much confidence in the horse to run the horse as a maiden? Then you run protected, 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 and then you come back and run for a tag. I, I just to Don't me run. that's that those are kind of negative signs. So my value, I hope, is to, to fade the two and the four. I'm just going to use five, seven, and eight. You and I are in lockstep there. One more race to talk about. It is Santa Anita's eighth race where we're uh, going into stakes action with 100,000 in the pot, going the mile and a half, 12 furlongs here in Santa Anita's eighth. JK, how are we going to get paid? Yeah, I mean, I feel pretty confident from the horses that have run that the three queen of the temple is much better than the rest of them. Um, I have kind of formulated this, this opinion when it comes to these long distance turf races that it's all about kind of turn of foot, right? I mean, obviously, you 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 want stamina to be a part of the equation, but these horses that have shown the ability to go further, I then want to just identify who has the biggest turn of foot. And one of the ways I do that is I look at pace figures and I kind of identify a midpoint of the race and then kind of see the differential from getting from that that middle of the race to the end of the race and like how fast, how big of a gap there was there. 
Um, that's kind of how I can can lean on that. The three queen of the temple just looks better than these other horses. Um, you, but I have to use the five Australia Mia, who's five to two on the morning line, who gets Frankie Dettori. You have Michael McCarthy, who I think, you know, outside of the success that Bob Baffert has on the West Coast, that I think is the best trainer on the West Coast. Um, if I was going to send a horse out there and it, you know, it wasn't going to Baffert, it wasn't like a dirt type of horse or, you know, and you're trying to make a stallion and you spent 2 million on the horse and you, the only way you're getting out is you make a stallion. Uh, Michael McCarthy is just outstanding. So the fact that this horse is five to two in the morning line, you know, that is a workout report culture in California. And it's my opinion, looking at some of these races, I believe the morning line maker does kind of ask some questions to the clockers prior sure. to those reports coming out to have an idea of where money might come. And I think this five to two morning line on Australia Mia is a preview that the horse is going to have workouts that suggest he's going to run well. So, or she's going to run well, excuse me. So I'm just going to use the three and the five as of today. That's pending if there's something large on the workout report, but on paper, none of these horses really move me more than I need anyone else but the three and the five. Do us a favor. If you see something on the day, tweet it out. We'll uh, we'll follow it. We'll throw it in. But once again, you and I in lockstep. And, and I, I was like this with Nick on the other show, too, where there's so much agreement this week. We're either, we're either all going to get buried or we're all going to get rich. I mean, Queen of the Temple, just an obvious standout on figures and form, has the good run at the distance, too, something many of these lack. And it's funny. We both went with our pet trainer, Mike McCarthy. We picked different horses. I will use the five as well. But the four duvet day, I just thought was a little bit interesting. Has that solid fig behind the top choice going a mile and three eighths overmatched in the grade one. I just thought it was interesting that he's trying her along uh, long here again. And I thought it would be a good price. So three, mostly three, a little bit four and five, probably use the four and the five, almost more like C runners. Just if I'm perfect everywhere else, I don't think I want to lose to the McCarthy runners in this spot, but I think you can press up the three queen of the temple. Well, that was fun. JK, any closing thoughts on this show? If not, uh, we'll wrap this one and uh, do the next one. Yeah, uh, if you're if you're playing this Saturday uh, coast to coast, don't forget that it takes place on Sunday again. And you know we'll, we'll say it like we always say it in this show. Um, we want to we want to reward uh, racetracks and, and organizations that that take initiative to do some different things. And one of the things I've noticed when handicapping these races for these shows is there's not a whole lot of races in here that I'm just like, oh, I don't know, what am I looking at. You know, it's going to happen from time to time looking at full fields, but most of the time you're going to get races that have quality animals. You're looking at buyers that are in the 80s and the 90s and a majority of these races, not these races where there's 40 and 30 buyers you're trying to work yourself through. And I appreciate that as a horse player. Yeah, it's it's the quality of racing has been good. You know, we're going to really... As this bet builds, it's just going to get better and better. That's my uh, that's my prediction as far as these coast to coast bets go. I'll also point out, you get ten bucks for free if you're playing on Express Bet or um, or First Bet. At first, they said on Select Saturdays, but it's been every one so far. Go to the Promotions tab on either of those ADWs. Make sure you opt in because you know why not get a why not get that free ten bucks? You bet a hundred, it's like a ten percent rebate. It's beautiful. Um, so yeah, we'll be tweeting stuff out regarding this. Look forward to it. Come back and uh, check in with us tomorrow as well. For JK on PTF, thank you to our friends at first, especially Peter Rotundo. Thanks to all of you out there for listening and playing along. Uh, We will see you tomorrow. May you win all your photos. (laughs) 